Good morning, Faith Promise. How are you guys doing this weekend? Come on, somebody fired up in the house. It is great to see you guys look great this morning. Thrilled, excited about what God is up. We love you guys so much. God behind bars, welcome. We cannot wait to see what God is going to do through this weekend and this past series. In the next week at Easter, we love you, man, man. We are praying for explosive things to happen. Today is Palm Sunday. We begin Easter week, and I believe the next seven days are going to be the greatest days of harvest that we have ever seen. So if you understand anything about farming and harvest, this is the case. Every farmer knows that harvest time is what? It's home time, baby. It's time to get after. It's time to work hard. Now, if you're thinking something else when I say home time other than work, <laughs> you need to get saved is all I can say. <laughs> I was told by all our millennials, young girls, pastor, you cannot say hum time. <laughs> I can too. As a matter of fact, I just did. It is time to get after it. It is harvest is all hands in the field. It is all hands on deck. Easter is one of the few things, even of our staff, we call an all-staff event. It is required. Everybody has to be here. Man, there'll be 50 services across 10 locations, and it is incredible what we believe that God is going to do. Over the last four weeks, counting this week, we have challenged you to not let moments of invitation become memories of silence. We do not know how long we have until Jesus comes back and gets us. But while we are here, it means fruitful labor. And so I want to challenge you this week to ramp it up like never before. Now, some of you have been gone last couple weeks. You took advantage of spring break. We're thrilled that you got to go. We're thrilled that you're back. We hope you got relaxed because now it's time to slam it in overdrive, baby, because Easter week is here. Palm Sunday through Easter Sunday, it's not a time to relax, it's a time to get after it. Now, if you were here last weekend or you were online, then Mike could do an incredible job with that message. <clears throat> an, an incredible job communicating that people are the treasure of God and people are to be our priority. And we need to take, bring people that are far from God and drop them at the feet of Jesus. Now, again, this year, is, our theme is New Rivers and New Roads. And one of the things in my journal, when I had FP, dot, dot, New Rivers, New Roads, NR, NR, by the thousands, A squared. And it's where I've really been leaning in for you the last few weeks. A squared or AA, an awesome awareness. An incredible, awesome, supernatural awareness in your heart about what, is God, about what God is doing around you and what he wants to do through you. Now, let me ask you a question. Is God always at work? No question. We get that. The problem is we're not always aware of it. And so we need an awesome awareness so that when God wants to use us, that we are a tool in the top drawer of the toolbox that God can pick up and use us to bring people this Easter. I believe that God is doing something new. I believe that God is pouring into every promiser a sense of urgency, a softened heart for the things of God, for the people that are far from God. I believe that God is opening our eyes to real people who experience extraordinarily real, harsh, difficult problems, and we are gonna, we are gonna help them experience the true love of God. 
I'm praying for the spiritual temperature to ramp up. God, grab the thermostat and crank it up at every campus in Jesus' name. And as God cranks up the spiritual temperature, urgency is essential in the equation to a white hot heart for God. Do you want your hot heart white hot for God? Anybody? Come on, somebody help me. That's part of it. God is doing something new, and we need to be aware of it. The people around us that need the mercy of God, the grace of God, the redemption of God, the deliverance of God, the love, the mercy, the hope of God. And God has put you and I in their place, a place of proximity to share with them, to bless them, and to help them experience God's real love. I believe that God is still restoring sight to the blind, that God is still healing the broken, and God is still setting the captive free. I believe that God is going to take the seeds that you and I have sown and will sow, and it's going to grow into an absolutely explosive, supernatural harvest of souls saved, of lives transformed, of captives, set free, of captives that are set free. I believe the next week, people's lives, their forever is going to be changed in an instant in Jesus' name. Does anybody believe that with me? So that's what I'm looking for. So since God meets us at the level of our expectations, what are you expecting to God do in you this next week and through you as we prepare for Easter? Who have you been sharing with? Who have you been praying for? Who have you been inviting? Who are you bringing this week, starting Wednesday at many of our campuses? Who are you going to bring? Because we really believe that God is doing something new. It is going to, it is springing forth and in that, God wants to use us to sow seeds into that. But you got to be aware of it or you'll miss it. Don't harden your heart or you will miss it. Don't be like the religious people that left the dude in the ditch or you will miss it. Next weekend, don't block the door so that you can get the best seats for Easter. This wall right here. This wall we got this week just to be able to communicate the sermon for next week. This wall is temporary, this LED wall, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a secret. If you're listening, say I am. You should listen closely. Easter 2018 is not for you. It's not for you. It's going to be for the people that you bring. It's going to be for, it's going to be for them. So what would it be like? Think with me for a minute. Can you, can you spiritually think? What would it be like if all 10,000 promisers starting today said, God, I'm going to give you the next seven days as a mission trip. I'm going to live on mission. I know you got to go to work, school, I got that. But I'm going to be on mission. I'm going to look for everybody you want me to invite. I'm going to bring everybody I can bring. I'm going to serve next week, this through this week, and I'm going to believe God. What if we just offered up this Easter week, this Passion Week, starting today with Palm Sunday and say, God, we're going to give you this as an offering, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service of worship. We're going to give this to you, God, and we believe you're going to take this offering of ours and you're going to break it and multiply it like the loaves and the fishes, and this will be the greatest week we've ever experienced. Y'all believe that can happen? Come on. About eight weeks ago, thousands of you committed to New Rivers and New Roads. And in that commitment, you said, I'm going to commit to do seven things this year. There's a bookmark in your Bible that lists the seven things. And one of the things that you said is we're going to get others in. As we get in and get on, get in the new rivers, get on the new roads. As we get in and we get, as we get in and we get, 
to new rivers and new roads. We're going to get others in. One of our values as a congregation is that we tell them of him. Now, some of you, let me just fuss for a minute. Some of you simply just couldn't wait. You couldn't wait. East is another week, but you couldn't wait. We've had more first-time guests January, February than any history. We've had more people saved January, February than any year. You people just couldn't wait till Easter, could you? Just couldn't wait. It's incredible. In just this service alone, I think there were four or five baptisms. I don't know how many baptisms of Pellissippi. I don't know how many baptisms across the board. It's been incredible. It's been watching God move. God is doing something new. Keep it up. Keep sharing. Keep sowing. Keep seeing. Keep seeking, keep caring, and keep carrying people to the feet of Jesus. Are you with me? So God, would you do a supernatural work this weekend? God, would you soften our hard hearts? God, you know that as we live in this world, we get cut, we get ripped off, we get rejected, we get dissed, we get done wrong. Every time that happens, another cut, our heart heals with scar tissue. God, many of us this weekend, our heart is hard as a rock. It's calloused. This world is set up to callous our hearts toward others and toward you. We rebuke that in Jesus' name. We pray for supernatural heart surgery. Take out our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh and breathe into us the Holy Ghost. Would you move in power? Would you give us soft hearts that we can hear and that we can heed? God, would you do a supernatural work across every campus and transform us as our prayer in Jesus' name? And all God's people said? All God's people said? Now, Jesus, we're going to go to Mark chapter uh, 4. But in Mark chapter 2, Jesus begins a series of miracle after miracle after miracle. Jesus stops in Mark chapter 4. Mark is a cinematographer of the four Gospels, the action guy. And Jesus stops and he teaches a series of parables. A parable is a story. It is a story to teach something, take something that is cultural, to teach something that is timeless, an eternal truth about God. So he used parables. Today, we use things that are culturally relevant to communicate truths that are timeless. We're going to talk about sowing today, and Jesus' audience got this. But not many of us got up and milked Bessie before we came to church. And not many of us had to go to the garden to hope we had something to eat. So we're not experts in, in agriculture the way that Jesus' audience was when he preached this message. So let's pick it up in Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. He began to teach again by the sea. And such a large crowd. Now I hear people say, well, I like it like it used to be when it was small. When we go back to Jesus' day, the multitudes came to hear the word of God. And a very large crowd gathered so that he got into a boat at, in the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And he was saying to them in his teaching. That day is much like this day. We have multitudes in 10 locations, and we have come to listen to the teachings of God through his word. There are people here that are very adept at handling the word of God. There are others that, that you know, you've been around for a while, you're, you're, getting, you know, you're getting your sea legs under you, and then there are others that are just rank rookies. You've really never read the Bible, you don't know a lot about it, and that's what it was in that day. And we're thrilled that you're here. Because we all want to learn more, don't we? 
We all want to go. We all want to understand God and understand God's calling on our life. But let me plant a kernel of truth as we dive into this. If you've been around church, well-known parable, before we dive in, let me give you a thought. Jesus' parables separated the listeners from the responders. Now, across America today, there are millions of people sitting in church. Let me ask you a question. If you're listening, say, I am. Do you think which group is larger in church? The group that are listeners or the group that are responders? No question, listeners. Now, let me tell you why. Because that's what we've learned for the last two or three generations in the American church. My job is to come show up and sit up and listen. I don't have to do jack with it. I don't have to respond. All God wants me to do is listen. And it's not our fault because we've been doing it that way for generations in the American church. Would y'all agree with that? So we've learned that. that, And you say, that's other churches, not faith promise. There are many times that a message has been conveyed from this platform. Everybody claps. Whoa, great sermon. Unbelievable. And it may be me or someone else. Then the next weekend, I'll say, did y'all enjoy that message? Whoa, yeah, it was great. I'll say, did you do one, two, or three? No claps, empty stares. Hold your hand up. If you did that this week, less than 10%. Even Faith Promise, and we're, I believe, a great church, but we are predominantly listeners and not responders. So right now, we have about 2,200 people that serve at least once a month at one of our locations. We run about 7,500 people on the weekend at all of our locations. If we had a thousand more people that served on the weekends, we could care for more people. But see, God can't send us more people because we don't have enough people to care for those people that will come. So of the 10,000 that show up on a monthly basis, 2,000 serve up. We'll say 4,000 of those are kids. 4,000 come show up and sit up, and they don't respond. Is that fair? Okay, you didn't like that, did you? Okay, it's going to get way worse (laughs) before it gets better. And the longer, listen, look up here, look at, don't miss this. Look up, come on. Come on, listen. I don't want you, I'm waking you up because some of you were gone right there. You were in Chrisville. You were in another universe. Come on, back with me. The longer that you listen and you do not respond, the harder that your heart will grow and the more difficult it will be to love and serve God. But that's the way that we have learned it. So these people went to the seashore that day to hear Jesus. If they went to hear their ears tickled by a teaching, they left saddened. Today, if you came hoping to have your ears tickled with a teaching, (laughs) you're going to leave saddened. So I'm going to help you, but only if you respond. Is anybody with me? All right, we pick it up in Mark chapter four, verse three. Listen to this, Jesus said, behold, a sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell upon the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. Immediately, it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. 
Other seed fell among the thorns. The thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him. See, a lot of people hear the words, but they don't hear what God is saying for us to do. So Jesus, there's a sower, there is seed, there are soils, there are birds, there are thorns, and there is a scorching sun. So what on earth is Jesus talking about? Well, the disciples asked him that very question. They, they looked at him in verse 10 and said, hey, what was all that sowing about? We didn't get that. We, we don't understand that. And Jesus said in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How do you understand all the parables? I believe this parable is the key, the cipher code to the parables that are about to follow about the kingdom of God and the sowing at what God wants us to do. So he said, the sower is us. We're sowers. The seed is the word of God. We sow the word of God as we invite people, as we share the gospel, as we tell people about God. We just, every day we're sowers and we're spreading out seed. As we, but just like a farmer, when you're casting, when you're sowing, when you're casting seed, it falls on all kind of soil. It said, some of it fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it. And Jesus said, the birds are representative of Satan, who is a seed stealer. And that's why you have to keep talking to your friends and family that are far from God, because Satan will come and steal the seed, and you've got to continue spreading more seed. Does that make sense? And he said, others fell upon the, the path, and it sprang up, but because it had no depth of soil, as soon as the sun came out, it scorched it, and it withered away. He said, that is, those people are only temporary. They raise their hand, say yes to Jesus. They may even get baptized, but when affliction and persecution rises because of the word immediately, they fall away. Now, let me stop for a second. Many of you have brought people, or you've talked to people in your life, and they've prayed a prayer, they may have gotten baptized, but the FBI couldn't find them. And when you invite them and you say, hey, let me come to my small group. Hey, would you come to church with me? Hey, I've been, I gave my heart to Jesus, I'm okay. Look up here. I want you to look at them and say, you don't love God. You don't love the word of God. You don't love the house of God. You don't love the people of God. What you do love is the world and the things of the world. I don't think you got Jesus. Because when you get Jesus, you fall in love with Jesus and you fall in love with the things of Jesus. Are you with me? Be bold. Don't let your friends fall cluelessly into hell because you wouldn't look them in the eye and tell them the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Are y'all with me? Come on, come on. See, there's only one true biblical way. Only one to know if someone is truly born again. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Think, go ahead, think of it in your mind, then I'm gonna give it to you. Some of you are gonna get it and some of you won't. The only true way to know is those that endure to the end will be saved. John said they left us because they were not a part of us. So those people that say, I don't want anything to do with the people of God, the house of God, the things of God, you need to look at them and say, I'm not sure if you know the God of the house if you don't love the house of the God. Does that make sense? So Jesus, again, that's what he does. He's explaining. He said, others, the other seed falls among the thorn. 
But the worries of the world and the deceit of the riches and desires for other things enter and choke out the word, and it's unfruitful. He said, but some soil, like every farmer knows, goes into the furrows. It goes into the good soil. It produces a crop 30 times, 60 times, 100 times the seed that was planted. It erupts into a great harvest. And I think that's what this week is going to be, a great harvest. Now, if you're not in a small group, hundreds of our adult groups, we take the weekend message that I'm delivering right now. We dissect into about five to eight discussion questions, and those are given in your small group to dive in and try to understand even more. So if you're not in small group, you're missing it. So new roads and new rivers, you gotta get in, you gotta get, you gotta get in, you gotta get on the new rivers and the new roads. So that's what Jesus is, is doing for us. That's what he's communicating. And so as he gives us in verse nine, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you with me? So let me ask you something. Are you a listener or are you a responder? Listener, responder, because every time we read Jesus, he is always moving people into action. Would y'all agree with that? He's not moving people into listening. He's moving people into action. He said, it is not those that hear the word that are justified before God, but those that do the word are just before God. Do not be a hearer only who looks at himself in the mirror and forgets what he looks like, but be an effectual doer of the word. Are y'all, come on, somebody listening. And so we've got to be responders. Matter of fact, Jesus said, the, well, let me tell you what the wise man is like. The man, the wise man hears the word of God and heeds the word of God. He does the word of God. He's like the man that builds his house on the solid foundation. And when the rains come and the storms blast and the winds blow, his house is saved. But the foolish man is the one that hears the word of God, but does not respond to the word of God. He is like a foolish man that builds his house on the sand. And when the storms come and the storms blast and the winds blow, and they always will, his house will fall and great will be the collapse. We got, does this make sense? I know you spent decades watching people listen and not respond, but it's time that we change. So let me, let, me, let, me, let me drive this point home to a greater degree. Come on, walk with me for, for seven minutes and 38 seconds. Are you with me? How do you know that? Because they see those big red letters right back there blasting at me. The tech people don't love God or the Word of God. And so, <laughs> I'm kidding, they're incredible. They're incredible. For this is the fourth week in a row, we have challenged you to not let moments of invitation be memories of silence. We have challenged you, we have pushed you, we cajoled you, we have done everything, so let me ask you a question. How many people have you already invited? Who are you praying for? Who are you believing God to save? Who are you asking to come? Now, you can blame everybody if you're not. You can blame the sower, which is you. You can blame the seed, which is the Bible. You can blame the birds, which is busyness and distraction. You can blame the thorns, which are the deceitful riches of this world. You can even blame the scorching sun. But if you are not actively seeking to bring people, come on, you have a soil problem. Because the soil is not producing a crop. Jesus said about the kingdom that the good soil will produce a crop. Now, maybe your heart is hard because your focus is solely on you. Maybe your heart is, is, is broken because of your past life, and you don't think God could actually even use you. Look at me. 
Maybe your heart is done. You tried before, it didn't work out like you wanted to, and so you're not going to try it again. Maybe your heart is fearful because you've never actually brought anyone to church, and the thought of that scares you to death, like Michelle said in worship a few minutes ago. But whatever the case is, it's easy for your heart to be wrecked and ruined, isn't it? Because to live in a world that's set up to ruin your heart, to make it hard against God and hard against the things of God and people that are far from God. So, so where are you? Jesus says, he goes on, being that ears here, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And more will be given to you besides for whoever has, more will be, shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. I just think this verse is so unfair. I didn't get it. I said, God, I don't understand that. You're taking away from people who don't have much, give to people more. And then I finally actually, in relation to the sowing and the reaping of verses 3 to verses 9, which is the cipher code for the rest of these kingdom of God parables about sowing Here's the deal. He that's using what he has, God gives him more. If you're not using what you have, what you have is taken away. Like your mind, like your muscles, and like your ministry, if you don't use it, you will lose it. So what we need is an urgency and a soft heart for those that are far from God. Because those people that are separated from God because they're far from God, they are going to spend an eternity away from God. If God doesn't use us to invest in them, invite them, to bring them. So are you, have you been inviting? Who have you been inviting? Matter of fact, do you, do you sense urgency and a passion and a burden about people that are far from God? So let me ask you another question. We're going somewhere. Hang with me. Come on. Wake back up. How many of you would identify as Christ follower or a disciple of Jesus? All 10 campuses. Come on. Let me hear you. Anybody identify? Okay. Okay. Now, the Bible says if you do not sow, you will not. See, if you don't have any urgency and a passion to sow, it's like a farmer that never plants any seed. So let me ask you a question. If the farmer never plants any seed, is he really a farmer? I told you it's going to get worse. And if we... Do, who follow Jesus have no urgency and burden to bring people, people that are far from God. Are we truly following Jesus? Because Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. See, caught up in the calling of following Jesus is that we will be fishers of men. So if we are not fishers of men, are we truly following Jesus? Or have we just become a generation of listeners who don't think God wants us to do anything? See, I think we have it backwards. We think that we've got to do something huge and heroic and supernatural, and then God will come in and pick up the pieces. No, what actually is true is the inverse. All God wants us to do is something simple, like sow some seed. Sow some seed. You do the little thing, like sow some seed. You bring some people, God will do the heavy lifting, like save them, transform them, deliver them, set them free, give them power, give them hope, breathe life into them, give a new purpose, give them a new mission. God will be the one that does it all. All we do is sow the seed. 
but we need soft hearts to hear and faith to respond. Jesus goes on in the, in the same, and he says, the kingdom of God is like, is like he that casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night, he gets up by day, and the seed sprouts, it grows. How he himself, how he does it, he doesn't know. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, then mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts forth the sickle because harvest time, Easter week, has come. And so here's the deal. I'm going to make it easy for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here's the deal. We are not growers. We are sowers. The farmer doesn't grow anything. The farmer sows and God grows. Paul said, I plant, Apollos waters, and God gives the increase. Only God can heal. Only God can say. Only God can deliver. Only God does it. God does the growing. We do the sowing. It makes it easy. For he that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Listen, you say, but I invited people last year, and none of my family and friends came. You were faithful. You did what you needed to do. The seed fell on soil that wasn't ready. Maybe it will be this year. They sow that seed. Seeds are little beginnings, and God wants to do great things with our little beginnings. Are y'all with me? Three things I want to ask you to do. Three things. Number one, pray for God to soften your heart and give you an urgency to see the real people with real problems all around you who need God's real love. Begin the prayer by thanking him for leading you to his real love. Number one. Number two, write down the people that you're going to share your faith with on your Bible. Set a reminder on your phone. Make an appointment on your calendar. Send an email or go Old Testament and call them. <laughs> we don't even call people anymore. If I'm in someone's house and their telephone rings, I'm shocked they have one. We haven't had a telephone in 10 years. Why would you pay a cell phone bill and a house phone bill? So we, and I don't call any people because if you call them, you got to talk to them. So I text them. Don't y'all, come on, don't look spiritual at me. <laughs> I know you. <clears throat> You're as bad as I am. I'll get a text to be that long. I, and, and I've learned to love emojis. I sign back. <laughs> That's my response. I'm serious. A long response is a heart, arms, and praying hands. That's like a book for me. So come on. Go Old Testament. Call them. Get others in. Number three, grab some Easter invite cards or some, hey, egg some people in your neighborhood. Egg them. You say, well, I've never. I'm not talking about throwing eggs to the house. Pick up an egg and read, pick up the door hanger, read the instructions. What you bring them, tear the, tear the instructions off. <laughs> and egg them, invite them. Free lunch or free dinner on them. And pray for God to soften your heart and show you who and where and when to scatter these seeds of invitation. It may surprise you who you invite. It may surprise you who comes. It may surprise you who gets saved. Easter, it begins Wednesday. Actually, we'll be doing run-throughs on Tuesday. So I get to preach that sermon a lot. I'm not actually sure how many times, but a lot. Now, for some of you say, I don't get this kingdom of stuff and seeds and all that. I get that. The Bible says if only the spiritual, only the born again, understand the things of the spirit for their spiritually appraised and their foolishness to people that are not in relationship with God. You may be a Christian, but you don't know God. You say, Pastor, that's not possible. I know that, and you know that, but there are others that don't know that. 
So this is the language we're going to start using. I'm, so, I'm going to use it all Easter week. Maybe a Christian, but you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with him. And today's the day you're going to begin a relationship with the King of Kings. Follow by stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice, if you're ready for that real love, if you're ready for transformation, if you're ready to have your sins forgiven, I don't care how black they are, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be white as snow. So listen, this is your time. Bold now is acceptable time, the scripture says. If you're ready to give your heart to Jesus at all of our campuses with every head bowed, every eye closed, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my boss. You died for me. You rose on the grave for Easter. Now I will live for you forever. Fill me with your spirit. Make me a sower, a responder. Use me this week in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, all God's people said, come on, has it been good to be in the house of God? Now, if you, if you uh, just prayed with me and gave your heart to Jesus online, you can click right there. You can go to the, you can go to the chat room. All the other campuses right in front of your car, if you'll pull it out, fill it out as we get ready for offering, worship, and giving. Just put your name, email, cell phone, and check. I pray with the pastor. Maybe you've not been to Next Steps. Check that out. I'm going to show up to Next Steps, which is the second weekend. So it's in two weekends at every campus. Come find out more about what it means to be involved at Faith Promise Church. Now, if you're a guest, if you fill those out, put them in the offering buckets. That's all that we ask. That's your offering this weekend is put your card in. We don't care about your money. We care about your heart because promisers are generous people. Amen, promisers? And we just love to give to God. So there'll be people this weekend, your first time to give. Hallelujah. Others, you put God in your budget because everything that's important you put in your budget, right? Like we started having grandkids. They went in the budget. I tried to slow Mimi down from spending on the grandkids. Do you think it worked? I said, Michelle, they have parents to buy their clothes. Their parents have never bought anything for those kids. <laughs> Ever. Me and the other grandparents have bought everything. Come on, we already did it once. Doesn't matter why, because she loves those grandkids. We give to God because we love God. Some of you are, are, are going to move into tithing. You're going to return to God his 10%. Others are lavish. 80% of you have already given online. People tell me, hey, I started. It was great. I checked recurring. It just happens. Every time I get paid, that's what Michelle and I do. It's easiest for us, easiest for the church. We give because God gave to us. He blesses generous people. So I want to pray. The ushers are going to come forward. We're going to put the cards and the offering in. And again, if you're a guest, all we want is your, is your, your information. We're going to come to your house. We just want to know you're with us, pray for you, send you a card. We're here for you. God, thanks for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for this congregation of generous people who really do want to respond. I know they do, God. I pray that you'll continue to elevate our activity and accomplishment of doing that's what you've called us to do. I pray you bless this offering. 
I pray, God, as people give, the reason we can pay for the screen behind us and other things for Easter, for kids and for families, I pray, God, you'll bless this, every gift and every giver. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, give him a shout as we get ready to give.